0: job costing. It creates more come to Jesus moments than just about anything else. If you want to get off the emotional roller coaster and ever have more than you in your business, or possibly even have an asset to sell at the end, it starts with metric-based bidding. It goes through job costing and ends with you having that come to Jesus moment and being real Mm -hmm. and not just relying on your emotions to run a business you're listening to estimate rocket radio the hassle-free online software for service contractors that keep your business running from lead to pay we want your business to grow so we make it easy to get your job done
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Estimate Rocket Radio. My name is Kathleen. I'm the director of sales here at Estimate Rocket, and I'm always joined by my very dynamic co-host, Chris Shank, who is the leader of education and engagement here at Estimate Rocket. Hey, Chris, how are you?
2: I am awesome. Excited about this conversation today. I know.
1: I've been waiting for this all week, actually. (laughs) We are super excited today. We have the one and only Nick Slavic with us. Nick has been honored. He is now the new chairman of the board for the PCA, which is so prestigious and it is well deserved. So we are super excited to watch him fulfill that title over 2023. Nick is also the CEO of Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration. They are celebrating over 16 years in business and a profitable business, as you will hear moving forward in this podcast. Nick is also the host of Ask a Painter, which actually broadcasts live on Facebook weekly and we love listening to it.
2: Oh, it's always fun talking to Nick Slavic, always on the cutting edge of something in the painting industry. Talk with Nick about his estimating process, what he's talking to people about. He's changed a few things over the years, I see. Better than ever, though. Don't miss the upcoming Ask a Painter live show on Facebook. You can look it up. It's going to be on March 31st, 930 a.m. Central. Check it out.
1: Hello, Nick. And it's so fantastic to have you on Estimate Rocket
2: Radio.
0: Oh, thank you. You guys know I appreciate this opportunity.
2: We are excited to have you and excited to see that you're in one spot now because you're everywhere all the time. If people are watching you on social media or however they follow you on Ask a Painter, they see that you've done some traveling lately. I mean, you're always traveling, but this one a little bit further. Tell us about that real quick.
0: Yeah, I've had a crazy month. So I just got back from the United Arab Emirates and I was in Dubai and Abu Dhabi supporting my Brazilian friend, Ronnie, in the Olympics of the uh, trades, uh, the world skills competition where I was a coach, a guest coach and a judge for the competition.
1: Wow. I didn't know you were a judge.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it was really interesting. So people in the United States always talk about there should be an Olympics of the trades and we should compete against one another and it's really interesting that the rest of the world does this the united states just doesn't compete in it in typical us fashion so i was over there fact
2: finding mission so that we could
0: possibly bring this to the united states
1: wow that's cool
2: <laughs> well there's a lot of things going on in your life there's also a new chair position you accepted at the painting contractors association recently so congratulations on that
0: no thank you and and to have that honor with my peers is a big thing chris you know you
2: know how much that means to me mm. Yeah. And and I know you're traveling a lot and talking about different things in your master's classes. Uh, We actually want to talk with you about the show that we're going to be on pretty soon is your Ask a Painter coming up on March 31st. I think the topic may still be, I don't know if you've decided on the topic for that, but um, we know that you talk a lot about estimating uh, we just wanted to kind of talk about this topic of estimating on this podcast because you get these questions all the time and we get these questions since we have software that helps with that. Um, so let me just kick it off real quick and you can talk about whatever you want to. In all your estimating years and in, in your education coaching, which is growing, has your estimating approach changed? If, if so, how?
0: Yes. So just like everybody else, I started off with gut estimating where it's all in my head and I, I lick my finger, I stick it in the air, and I guess the basic price, not having done any job costing or anything else. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way that that works out is you break yourself, you work a million hours a year, and yeah. you make it profitable, never really knowing your hourly rate is profitable or not. So I, I started like everyone else doing that. But since then, um, you guys know how much data I track we, we have almost uh, gone meta. In our data, where we track so much data, we actually simplified all the data down um, from like a, a um, you know a linear or square foot pricing. Now we we have so much data, we simplified it to a unit price, where we can actually take you know a type of a house and say we track so much data. A house like this is usually
2: X. That's something that maybe you couldn't have anticipated you'd arrive at. I'm sure. Is that a little bit different of an end than what you even. Thought you were heading towards in the middle. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. And, and, you know, what, what, uh, what happens is, you know, when you,
0: when you professionalize your business and you bring on other people, uh, the, the mushy knowledge in your head is not a standard operating procedure and it's not teachable and it's, and you can't hold anybody accountable to it. So Mm -hmm. bringing on somebody else and teaching somebody else makes you a master because now you have to codify it and actually inspire somebody else to use that info. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah. Wow. And and I can't believe how much data you've accumulated to be able to say, you know, this this um, fifteen thousand square foot ranch is going to cost X. That's pretty amazing.
0: Well,
2: and if it's what's...
1: profitable, <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: well, amazing and wow. profitable could be two different things. Yeah, <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> you know the the only thing that makes us special in that regard is that we actually capture that data and then mm-hmm. do something with it. Because mm-hmm. every paint company that paints houses, you're generating all that data. Just right. Can you be disciplined enough to actually job cost it? And then I, you know, intelligently do something with it.
1: Right, wow. right. Mm. Which leads me to my next question, because, you know, it's great to be able to estimate something quickly, but really what gets in the way of businesses estimating profitably? Because at the end of the day, if you're not making a decent hourly rate, and if you if you don't have enough profit in that in that job that you're going to finish to pay your people and maybe even put money in the savings account for the business um, when you have a down cycle, then then it really isn't working out well.
0: No, and and that you guys know all the stats in our industry. The average business size is 1.5 people. The average mm-hmm. paint business owner takes home 43 grand a year, and they go into business every one to three years because. Yeah they're running businesses based on feelings and they've never actually figured out if they're generating enough revenue to operate their business more than one to three years.
1: Well, it really breaks my heart when I'm talking to an owner of a painting company and he he'll look at me and he'll say, um, well, I'm just trying to keep my people busy and, Mm -hmm. and I don't need to use any tools because I just go in, I have a gut feeling and, and I know we'll make some money. And it breaks my heart because I think the three of us all know, gosh, that business is not being run the way it should be. And they're not really making the profit margins, the healthy, the financial healthy profit margins that they need to in order to survive long term.
0: Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous when you extend it out. Does your local bank just want to keep their people busy? Does Google just want to keep their people busy? You know, does the okay, local Okay, Now gas? you have me yeah.
1: laughing. Yeah. Right.
0: But it's like, again, and, and, and again, I'm coming from a position of being a master crafts person first. And then I had to learn how to be a business owner. So mm-hmm. I'm not getting spicy with my industry. I empathize. I have been there. I have said right. those things. I have felt that feeling where I just want to do good work and I want happy clients. But any real business, if you want to be in existence, you need to make a return for the owner. Otherwise, the risk is too high and the reward is not enough.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. And I think some people hearing that, like Kathy talked about the heartbreak that we feel listening to contractors go through those feelings, but the terror that contractors must feel when they're like, Am I going to make it? You know, right. not just me, but my employees. Are we going to make it? And I'm sure they hear that stat and they think, oh my gosh, I'm so close to that. I'm so borderline to experiencing exactly that. And so I guess a lot of your your master's classes and a lot of the estimating that you talk about is about kind of pulling out of that tailspin a little bit. Yeah. And, and sadly, Chris, I wish people actually knew
0: they were going out of business. The saddest reality in our industry is that there's one cataclysmic event that puts businesses out of business and they don't see it coming, like paying taxes for the first time or a client not paying you. So honestly, if if you're running a feelings-based business and you're not tracking your monthly P&L or job costing, Mm -hmm. honestly, guys, this is the most heartbreaking thing.
2: 99%
0: of businesses in our industry get blindsided out of business. They never saw it coming.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. And I guess the danger there is you're running by feelings and you need to get to the point to where you're cataloging and categorizing all those feelings into some actual um usable data. And then you have information that you plug into systems and you're like, okay, now let's have a systems-driven, you know, mindset here. But you not everybody gets past the feelings. The fear is I'll name I'll never make it past that wave. I'll 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 be crushed, and then I'll never have known what it's like to say, hey, I got past just the feelings way of running business. I guess that's the value of learning from others. Right. Um, I'm sure that's what you're helping with Is saying, Hey, I could see a little bit further. You don't have to wait to see how that first wave, you know, how you perform against that. Right. Well, and, and, you know, that's when
0: I, when I go around and I talk to other pain business owner, Chris, I was lucky enough that, uh, I, I have an excessive work ethic where I was doing hundred, 120 hours a week and I made it through. But if I only, if I only kept myself to 40 hours a week, I would have been out of business my first three years. I would have right. been one of those statistics. So mm.
1: mm-hmm. no, I can, I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> but as a business owner you have to be willing to put in that extra time the the problem is extreme doesn't doesn't last long you can't you can't keep that pace up you will burn out so we understand that our business owners need to be made of a little bit different material and and cloth than than the average person but it's not sustainable correct mm-hmm. i mean you're, you're Nick, you're a, a leader in the industry and you know that hundred hours a week is not sustainable.
0: Well, there's a, there's a time and a place for everything. And one of my favorite podcasts even mentioned that this morning, which is if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to grow something big, you want to be a business owner, you need to forget about your work-life balance for a period. Now, right. You there's big things that need to be done. If you think you're going to grow a business and run a professional business on 40 hours a week, you're just wrong. And I'm here yeah. to tell you that. And mm. I, I want to be honest. This isn't me saying I paid my dues, so now you do. I'm just saying the reality that you know only four percent of all U.S. businesses, not just painting businesses, ever create a million dollars of revenue or have 10 employees. And that stat
2: tells you how hard it how is to hard do what it we is. do. Right. Absolutely. Right. It's probably hard to imagine that stat if you didn't have somebody tell you because we tend to watch the successful stories and we, we look around, we don't, we don't pay attention to the failures all around us. We usually no. just say, Hey, look at all these shining stars. I can be one too. And so we fill our head with that. And we forget that the 96% of what we're ignoring because the brain, the brain eliminates so much information. I love <laughs> studies of neurology and neuroscience and stuff. It's, it's the idea of the brain being eliminative in, in, in essence is, we're only letting in so much information that's valuable to our survival or, or our thriving, and so that happens so much in business ownership. And I see it all the time too. There's so much that we're ignoring because we're afraid of these hostile facts, and so we're just like, okay. Um, somebody said once that not knowing is a tool of survival. <laughs> we we do that all the time with our families. We do it within our personal lives and with our identities. We just not knowing is kind of the way you get through sometimes to protect yourself from being depressed about these bigger issues or despairing, but like you said, you said this before, too, like knowing that it's coming, you could do something about it, especially have you if you have people around you that can help. But you still have to be aware of the risks, otherwise, you won't be motivated. I think that's really important that you're saying that, right. yeah, and
0: it's it's reality. I mean, listen, job costing it creates more come to Jesus moments than just about anything else in our industry. <laughs> and uh, and and that's Great. you know if you want to get off the emotional roller coaster and ever have more than you in your business or possibly even have an asset to sell at the end. It starts with metric-based bidding. uh, It goes through job costing and ends with you having that come to Jesus moment and being real Mm. and not just relying on your emotions to run a business. Cause there's no gas station or grocery store or tech company that runs
2: on emotions alone.
1: No, Mm. no, you're right.
2: Metric metric based estimating job costing. And maybe this is why a lot of people don't job cost. And they I've heard so many contractors estimators saying, I just need to job cost better. I just need to, especially people starting out. But even those that have been in business for a while, they just need to do better. And you're like, why aren't you doing that? Why? How could you? Maybe they're afraid. Maybe they're really afraid because. And there I have to tell you, Nick,
1: because we talk to customers, you know, all day long. As soon as we started, and this was probably a few years back, but as soon as we added in the job costing and profitability um, sections to the to the screen, they were like. I don't have time to to put in job costing. And I said, huh. you absolutely, you can't. That is one thing you have to wake up and you have to do every day if you want to keep your business. So profitability yeah, I... in real time on every project is absolutely top of mind for every single estimate rocket customer because we tell them you have to you have to enter data into these fields. It is mission critical. And one of the ads we did, I think we ran it last year in paint Meg, and it was, and I get no credit for this because I don't do the marketing of the ads, but it had um, a dad on the beach with a suitcase and his child was saying, can we go on vacation this year, daddy? And, and you know, does that have anything to do with the software we're selling? Absolutely, because if you're not making profit on every single job, then then you're not going to have money to thrive in your business. You're not going to have money to thrive personally. And, you know, you we want people to go on vacation. We want people to be able to donate within their communities. It all becomes this um interactive community of Whether you're um, using the software or you're um, a child of someone who's using the software, everyone can benefit from you running your business professionally and profitably. And we feel that that's a game changer.
2: Okay. Something that you're saying, Nick, is so important. And we haven't talked about this a whole lot. And I'm going to ask you in just a second about bringing on new estimators, because that's another part. You talked about transferring your system and you got to have it to a certain place where it can be transferred. We talk a lot about that, but real quick, I just want to mention, like there was a line in something I read recently and um, it was, and I have to look it up here because it's in it. It may be a little bit confusing at first, but they said that the genius of the primitive mind is that it can render human helplessness in noble and beautiful ways. The idea there is that the way people used to think about the world, think of the primitive mind, you know, the way we think about suffering and pain and human helplessness, you know, there's such beautiful poetic ways to describe it, to reimagine the story of what human existence is all about. And we had to have that. We have to have it because you have to live with it. There's no, some, in some of these cases, you just can't get around it, you know, especially with terminal illnesses or disaster all around you. You just have to have a way to appreciate your life no matter what. But imagine if you beautified it so much that you started clinging to those stories even when a way out was available. And that's the problem with these beautiful Mm. ways of envisioning our suffering or our pain. Now I want to take this to business owners real quick. Cause it just relates is that sometimes we have this suffering hero perspective of ourself. Like I'm just going to put my blood into my business, <laughs> me working so hard and my fingers to nubs and not having any time and sacrificing myself for my employees. And we're a family here, but nobody's making it anywhere. We're not going to make it out of life. So we might as well go down together. Oh, there's, no. just this, there's this suffering hero kind of thing that if you're not careful Maybe you could succumb to just a little bit, instead of saying, "Hey, no, there, there, we have better methods now. You Listen, have help oh available." Oh my God! You see, I'm saying and, that? And, and and yes,
0: so raised strict Roman Catholic. You, martyrdom was the highest realization of a human yes, life. You know, martyr, so that's martyrdom yeah, essential. So the hardest things, the most painful things, were were technically the right path. That you means you're doing mm-hmm. well, but in uh, in business and and in in our personal lives too it's good to sacrifice for others but again you need the data which is at what point do you cross the threshold of right. sacrificing to the detriment of everything around you versus sacrificing for the good of those around you
2: right. right well let me move on just a little bit here and and ask you real quick so we don't miss it what do you think are the biggest challenges to bringing on a new estimator now you got the estimating system you're you're helping people learn um, nick you are helping other businesses learn how to have good estimating systems and you know what are you telling people about Training new people to estimate. Yeah,
0: you need to make it simple. Um, there's a lot going on when you bring on estimators. You know, they are in a lot of ways the face of your company. Um, they're going to go out there and be the first human that somebody experiences. So, number one, they got to meet your core values. Number two, uh, there's a whole bunch of principles that I kind of rely on. Um, and number one is kind of like only give the people what they want. And uh, I I have been guilty of using my vast knowledge of coding science as a weapon to yield against my clients or with my clients. And then I tried to dazzle them with ball and stick molecule models of oil primer. And guess what? They don't care. So coming to that realization that the client, this may be a transactional process for them. They care more about color than the type of paint or even you. So you need to give them what they want. And on top Mm -hmm. of that, you, you need to Because this might be transactional in the residential repaint thing, we want a very relational process, but we also understand that they decided to paint their house yesterday. They Googled three painters, they set up three estimates, and they will make a decision within this one week of who's going to paint their house, and then they're going to move on. So you may have this whole thing about pre-qualifying and all this other stuff. Uh, If you stand in the way and create friction for them, they're going to make a decision within days. And Mm -hmm. I would make that process as easy as possible for them.
2: Hmm.
1: I like your terminology, creating friction for them.
0: Mm. Yeah. And, and, you know, in in a, one of the things that um, I I always talk about within the business with my beloved leadership team is right now, Amazon, one click buy, you go on there. It's a trusted system. You click something, you get a confirmation email. And then when it says it's going to show up in a day and a half, it shows up in a day and a half. And that's what our clients are used to nowadays. So. If during this uh, paint estimating process, if they call a number and they can't leave a voicemail, the voicemail is full, the voicemail is not set up, or they go to a (laughs) website and there's nowhere to put in an application for uh, an estimate time, if you create the the slightest bit of friction, they're going to go to the next best thing because they have been groomed for a frictionless process. So Mm. we basically want to grease that wheel and almost make it too easy for them, and we'll figure it out after that.
1: Right. Mm. Well said. You know how many contractors I call and their mailbox is full and you can't leave a message.
0: I had a very interesting interaction. Um, I get about 80 to 100 emails from paint business owners across the country uh, every week. And uh, I noticed that like some of them didn't have an email signature. Some of them had this raggedy and sort of like email signature. So I kind of put it out on social media. It was like, come on, guys, we can do better. Google does this for free. You just put your name in, put a little image, put a link to your website, something and about sixty contractors actually took that to heart as a little bit of peer pressure. Emailed me back and said, "Look at this, Nick. I got my new."
2: Oh, email that's fantastic! Now. And I'm like, "Congratulations! We're all becoming real businesses now." Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that's right. a big step for people when they start professionalizing. Huge. And again, sometimes you you think like, "Oh, this is just the way it has to be done," and I'm the harder worker in the room. But there's so many things you could do to make it easier for yourself for your customers. And to make things more profitable, there's you just needs a little bit of help. And you gotta you gotta let yourself be helped, maybe just a little bit. You need to collaborate with other painters. I mean, that that changed my life.
0: You know that, you guys know my trajectory, Mm -hmm. and that will open up your world. And but that's Mm -hmm. not that's not obvious to a lot of people in the trades to collaborate with people in their industry.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. Well, and frankly, you know, that's why we love so much the PCA, their whole value system their mission statement and the educational opportunities with peer groups and, and educational, whatever um, various educational um, webinars that they're putting on. It's just extraordinary. And at Estimate Rocket, we do all free education for our customers, tons of webinars, a one-on-one training, all kinds of things. You know, if they're willing to take the time, we will give it to them and happily give it to them. So you know it's just we love the association we love the peer-to-peer groups that you offer and it's just an extraordinary association and experience and and i think sometimes they don't know that unless they get a taste of it themselves
0: no and i appreciate you guys being involved with that the way you are and i want to personally thank you guys in estimate rocket for taking care of the painters in our industry because remember we are master crafts people first that found Mm -hmm. ourselves as business owners and we need you guys. So thank you for that. Well,
1: we love you guys. So, and our whole mission is to have our contractors thrive both personally and professionally. So that's why we're here and whatever you need from us, whatever the PCA needs from us, uh, we're willing to give our time, donate our time and do whatever we can.
0: Thank you guys for that.
1: So Nick, tell us all about um, when the upcoming Ask a Painter is next.
0: Ah, yes. Uh, 31 March, 9 a.m. Central Standard. Uh, we are going live as we do semi-regularly with you guys. And uh, we always have these great thoughtful conversations. We talk macro, microeconomics. We talk industry, industry trends, the pulse of where we're seeing because you guys get a lot of data. I get a lot of data. You guys get it from the software and the provider and the support side. I get it from in the trenches, muddy boots, paint in the fingernails, (laughs) sort of thing. And it's always this great interchange. And uh, you guys are always so thoughtful, especially with that big brain Chris Shank around, you know? (laughs) So it's, uh, no, I always look forward to our interactions. And honestly, most of the time, an hour, hour and a half is never enough for us, so. I know,
1: I know. it's always
2: fun also Kathy can uh, concur I think we love seeing you and Tom geek out <laughs> when you guys start talking numbers and data and it, it, we just love it so we'll pro- we'll be living in the comments and uh, just trying to connect people with resources and um, I know you guys will have a lot of fun we love watching you Nick it's always a pleasure thank you so much for being on the podcast
1: thank you Nick
2: well, you guys are great and thanks for supporting our industry this
0: is Estimate Rocket Radio Join our team at EstimateRocket.com.
2: Maybe they're afraid. Maybe they're really afraid.